0: Hi everyone, we're back for more, I guess. Welcome to February. Um, so, this week's adventure is truly that it is a wild Thornberry adventure gone rogue. I mean, to say that we were living our best life would be both an accurate but completely understatement. I mean, the events that ensue in Africa definitely needed a lot, an eyewitness. And thank God for Elizabeth, because I definitely would not feel confident in these stories without a second recollection. They're that egregious. And secondary to that, it's been a decade. So I just went down this week to visit Liz and Jake in their new home in Florida. And literally my time hop was furnishing memories from uh, my Facebook of this trip that was now a decade ago. And so this trip is one for the ages. I do not think I'll ever top some of these antics or just not even the antics, but some of the positions we were put in, like some of the actual experiences we were having, not real life. We're talking inaugurations, sinking boats, a birthday and a partridge in a pear tree. So without further ado, I give you the Africa trip. Okay. This one we just got to buckle in for because it is one of those stories, and I know I say this a lot, but this is truly one of those stories that if I didn't have like a team of witnesses, like a partner in crime, none of what's following would you believe to be true. I mean, it's egregious, unbelievable, also amazing, but it's, it's absolutely stunning. Okay. So here we are. Back at WJ, it is my senior year of college. And again, they had what was called January term. So, in January term, my first two years, you could take a class that was like sociology of deviant behavior, like I took freshman year with my friend Lauren. Or you could take a class specifically on the economics of small business, like very niche classes that you could take for three weeks. It was the only class you took. Or you could elect to go on some of these intercession trips. So the trips were structured around a theme. Obviously, they were for credit, but that theme could be really something to explore that was outside of your typical curriculum. So as somebody who was business, sociology, and a fallen chemistry minor, then you could really pick something like this political science course, which was in the Gambia in Western Africa. So I had really been told this trip was a real win, dixie It was sort of the creme de la creme. You got such an insider's pass to the Gambia and Senegal. And quite frankly, his name is uh, Dr. Buba. Um, just quite frankly, couldn't get you a better all-access pass. So um, Buba himself is originally from Nigeria. He has incredible ties to not only Africa, but even in the Gambia region and in localized to, to some of the actual villages and, and tribes enough that when we showed up you know he's done this trip for so many years he's really just a welcomed celebrity it's kind of amazing so getting prepped for this trip you know you have to get certain vaccinations and certain uh, additional things like malaria pills no big deal um and you know you sign some waivers and long story short after winter break we're out of here so I think this trip was a little off kilter. So we, everyone had returned to campus that senior year after winter break and I would have had one night of overlap with like everyone returning before we actually left for for our trip. So We get to um, the airport, and next thing you know, it's like, okay, we are wheels up. I'm pretty sure we routed out of Detroit. So um, we flew to Detroit first, and then we flew straight to Senegal, which is a country that was French-settled and directly adjacent to the Gambia. So we fly over to Senegal, and you know, it's Western Africa. It's close to the equator, so it's very arid, very desert-like, but beautiful. So they're driving us around to see monuments. We're getting an insider's tour. And really, the part of Senegal that was interesting was, obviously, because they were French settled, everyone's speaking French, but in the middle of the desert. So it was such a crazy juxtaposition to sort of be in this position where you're like, whoa, I'm in Africa, but you're speaking French. This is a seriously cool thing. I'm also 21, going to be 22 while I'm on this trip. So I don't know about you. I digress. So fast forward, we now have to make our trip down to The Gambia. And it's actually called the Smiling Coast of Africa, because if you look at how the countries are laid out, the Gambia is almost um, the smile within what would be the Pac-Man. So Senegal as a country almost completely envelops the Gambia, which is along the Gambia River, and it makes like almost like a smiley face, so it's kind of cute. Anyway, the Gambia was settled by the English. So you guessed it, everyone there speaks English, which we did not know right away, which is also interesting. So let's just jump right in. You know, it's planes, trains, and automobiles to get here. So you're flying all day. You're landing in Senegal. You're taking the Wild Thornberry bus. And that's the thing. Could we have looked any more out of place as a group of 12 white kids, white college kids coming into the heart of Africa? Amazing. So um, Buba gets us all settled. We get our luggage. We're on the Wild Thornberry bus. We're blowing into the Gambia. Now we have to switch to a boat. And this boat is not your typical ferry, okay? So it's a little tired, I would say. I don't think it's, you know, the high-speed ferry to Nantucket by any means. So we're piling onto this ferry, and it's not a cargo ferry, so there's no vehicles. It's all people in our bags. So we get on there, and, you know, not a lot of queuing, not a lot of order. Um, You kind of just barrel roll onto this thing. So we get on this boat, and, you know, even though it's January, we're close to the equator. It's, it's a hot one. It's a scorcher. So we are getting on this boat, and they're like, okay, it's typically about an hour and a half ferry ride, you know, to the other side. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, not great. No problem. This thing sets sail. And, again, I'm pretty confident that, like, we didn't have a good shot from the jump. But what ensues next is all of a sudden some black smoke. Now, mind you, we're in the middle, this ginormous almost like mouth of a river. So like, it's like a river delta, but it's so wide. You definitely can't see the other side when you're in it. So it's like pretty amazing. Anyway, so we're literally on this boat and we're plugging along. I'm like, does this thing need more gas? What are the vibes? People are getting a little restless. It's seemingly going even slower, but again, no real signal to where we are. We're kind of just like Gilligan out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So then, next thing you know, boom, 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 puh, engine fails. This isn't good. Well, now, because we have no rudder and no engine, we're just starting to spiral. Like we're in a toilet bowl, just a quick little spiral. And it's not spiraling quick, but it's definitely like, well, we are a boat without an anchor right now. Like, we're completely just, we're cast away. Well, this is, who has the volleyball? We're cast away. It's 105 fucking degrees. There is zero shade. It is an open-faced ferry boat. So what happens next is, you know, people are getting restless and, you know, there's these immediate moments of fear where like, oh my God, we're stuck in the middle. Of, I'm going to say the ocean, but that's not right. But then what happens next is so beautiful. Everyone's like sharing umbrellas for shade or sharing their little tiny rations of water that they had or typical Americans. I think we had like gushers and, you know, gummy bears and, you know, everyone's just kind of like, yep, well, we're here. So might as well take a seat. So they bring up another boat, this tiny little tugboat. This thing laughs at us. Literally, it doesn't even try to hook on. They're like, there's no way we're pulling this with the literal 2,000 people that are on it. Get a life. He leaves, comes back. Now we have a second ferry. And the objective here is everyone's either going to get on the new said ferry or they're just going to tie off and pull us, which is what they decided was the better option. So here we are three hours later. Okay, I'm fucking fried we get to the other shore and all we need to do for the night is check into this one hotel. And the thing about the Gambia that's interesting is that it's very pocketed, right? So they have these incredible villages that have been um, really built up and developed. And then you can go through areas that are completely untouched. So we get to this little village. It has a swimming pool. There's like a catering and events center and not what you would have expected. And so we're like, okay, let's just take five. Everyone take a, take a Xanax, Uh, which we didn't, but we should have. So you're just like, okay, step one, booba, what are we doing? I'm paying for college credit for this. Um, but why make it easy? So then the next days ensue, and none of this is in chronological order because I, quite frankly, everything in those three weeks is such a blur. And this is pre-iPhone, so I don't even have time-stamped photos. I have a recollection from some Facebook post from my Nikon 26 camera, okay? So long story short, what he had planned for us was a real tour de, tour de jour. So we ended up doing camel rides on the beach, a stop at a resort on the beach for, you know, just drinks where people walking the beach would sell you out of an actual piece of fruit, uh, a beverage, delicious. Or we went to these little villages where people were selling their handmade goods. And what was so funny about that is Elizabeth and I were in one of these villages and the reality is it didn't dawn on us that everyone knew exactly what we were saying. So when it came to negotiation, you know, they were pretty dialed in, and so <laughs> kind of it's like funny that some people played a little dumb with us at first, which I fully respect. Like, what a hustle! So we're talking about like what we should offer, and we're like negotiating with this woman about a four-dollar bag, and she's showing it off like, no, 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 come on, this is an eight-dollar bag all day. And then as she's showing it off and like swatting at it, she like swats it right into this like muddy puddle. <laughs> we're like, okay, now it's definitely four bucks. And she goes, oh, okay, four bucks. It's just like this is happening. This is actually happening. I literally, because I love a good deal, almost negotiated my sneakers away. This guy really wanted my ASIC sneakers, um, which I did not do. But I did have a bunch of hand sanitizer bottles, and those were like caviar, okay? I was hawking Purell for pretty much anything. You wanted something, I could get it for the Purell. And then, of course, money was always an option. But what's problematic there is you don't want to overinflate Because the value of the dollar was so strong to their currency, paying someone $10 is actually doing them a disservice in some ways because it's inflating then what everything should be. I don't know. I'm not the best at economics, but something about inflation. I disagree. I was like, if these people, it's basically giving a tip. I enjoyed their product. Here you go. Enjoy. Now you have a lot of money. I don't know. That's just, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, But some economists strike me down. So we go through these types of opportunities. We got to go to um, some really remote places. So the one that we went to for my birthday was called Tendaba Village. And you can only get there by um, pretty remote road or boat, obviously along the river. So we pull in in our wild um, Wild Thornberry bus after just bebopping on this road for just hours. And what basically was, it was like, the Kennedys have had smaller welcomes. This entire village dressed to the nines, their kids, drums, they're laughing, everyone's carrying on. We're like, boop, 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 boop. We're popping out of the van dancing. I mean, it was truly stunning. So we get settled in the village. Everyone's in these little um, like, I would say outhouse posts, like shed type things. But the reason we had to get so many vaccinations is the bug scene there is wild. So there's like these nets that go over your bed at night. And, you know, we're doubled up in these two twin beds and I just made the mistake the one night of turning on the Blackberry and turning on the flashlight and I almost had a panic attack before I actually knew what those were. (laughs) Literally the amount of bugs just canvassing the net. I was like, oh dear. So definitely wear your bug spray, take your malaria pills. Now here's what they don't tell you about the malaria pills. Or maybe they did, I didn't listen. You're not supposed to ingest alcohol. Okay, But as someone who's 21 turning 22 literally on this trip in January, I'm not going to not have some local fare. Okay, So the Tendaba Village folks were kind enough to have us to their party house, this like restaurant on the river, really pretty conical shaped like thatched roof. They baked a cake. They rolled out the red carpet. I mean, truly the hospitality of this entire country is bar none. And almost to the point where you're like, this is too much. So we do the birthday shenanigans, and the next day, we get on this little boat, little rowboat, just a local tour, just a scenic tour down the river. Fail. The boat is leaking like a fucking sieve. Yours truly is using a gasoline tank that's now empty to flush out the water that is quickly coming around my ankles. And, you know, not ideal, but we're getting this done. We're keeping up with it. People are laughing. They have their Nikon cameras out. Classic. (laughs) So you kind of laugh, but it's like, okay, we're not doing so hot with the boats on this trip. The Wild Thornberry bus, keeping an eye on you, but the boats, hmm. next scene. Why not? Let's go to an inauguration. Yep. Literally the inauguration of the president of the country, Booba, just flips out his phone. He's like, yep, let's go. We dress in business casual attire. We roll up to the inauguration, which is in a ginormous arena. Like think of a soccer field arena. We literally are sitting there with a pamphlet and a flag waving on the inauguration of their president, who I think this was his fourth term. So I don't think it was a total landslide shocker, (laughs) but it was his inauguration nonetheless. He's rolling around in a stretch hummer limo, waving out of the roof like the Pope. It was stunning. Well, what do you do after an inauguration? You go to the local village where he's from and you have a party, of course. So to go to said party, which was a true privilege to be invited to, kind of like you know, think like after the Grammys where they have these crazy like Vogue parties, but in the Gambia. So it's a day or two later. Everyone's traveled to this village by invite only, I might add. And Buba's like, you know what? We can't turn up there in these Banana Republic khaki pants. We need to show that we have care and that we would like to acknowledge the culture. We're going to get colonial garb made. <laughs> so we're going to have local... Fabric sourced, and we're going to have your measurements taken, and we're going to have a custom outfit. I genuinely was jazzed by this idea. Number one, because I love the chaos. Number two, who doesn't want a custom fit? Number three, I mean, when in Rome. So we do, we go to the fabric vendor, we get the fabrics, we get the measurements. They're like, This will be lickety split. We'll get this back to you in time. So now we have our elastic fit, by the way. So that was perfect. Elastic fit pants. Um, We're ready. So we get out there on the Wild Thornberry Bus. Trusty Dusty gets us there. We're in our garb. Okay. We arrive to, now this is like, the venue here is like the size of a rodeo. And I've never been to a rodeo, but walk with me on this, where they have just sort of like a circular thing. And it's like a dirt pit in the middle and a few stands, but mainly everything's sort of ground level that's the sound of the gate opening and the lights flashing to us. There are 12 white Americans dressed in colonial garb. What is inside the arena? Folks in jeans and t-shirts. Okay. So it was almost like a record scratch, like, and everyone looked at us. The lights turned to us. At least it felt that way. All of a sudden they're ushering out eight folding chairs for us to sit in the front row. And we're mortified. We're like, Booba. Why the fuck are we wearing colonial garb? These people are in fucking gap jeans. Okay? What the hell? So we lean into the chaos, which when in Rome, what do you do? We're laughing. We're dancing. They have all of these amazing dancers. They have a whole program. They've pulled us into it. They want us to have a great night and to thank us for coming because they viewed us as their dignity or dignified guests, which God love them. But why would you think that? They gifted us. I get. Now, I know what you're thinking. Of course, Michael, you went to this after party, there'd be a swag bag. Maybe you'd get some new headphones. You'd be wrong. What they gifted us here were two alive, breathing oxygen rams. Yep, not a used dodge. Two animals living and breathing that they tied to the roof of the Wild Thornberry bus. And this bounty that we hauled off was our gift. And literally for the three hour drive back, it was like, smack, smack. And like the the hooves of these rams until they finally gave in and just took a nap are smacking on the roof of the Wapthorne best. Now don't go calling PETA on me. I was totally a passenger on this ride and they weren't in pain. I think they were just a little bit like, damn, we're on a roof. Let's cut to a day later. We're in another village. Okay. Another day, another village. And we're invited to... I'm not gonna say the president's house, but it was definitely somebody high ranking politically that had a baller house. The housing stock in the Gambia is definitely not, you know, brand new top of line, but wherever we were for this home was like, this could have been lifted out of, you know, Naples, Florida, off the beach. Like it was a stunning home, gated, guards with guns. We get in there, we're having this beautiful buffet dinner And I make the dumb comment of, oh my gosh, well, what are we having tonight? Is this beef? Is this pork? It had been a culinary adventure to say the least throughout our three weeks at this um, trip. So with every day, I just was curious, what am I eating today? How many fucking antacids will I need? Um, So it turns out it was, you guessed it, it was Ram, everybody. So those gifts, that bounty that we had hauled off on the Wild Thornberry bus was our dinner. And we really were eating like kings, <laughs> so there is that. Um, we were dressed in just traditional slacks and a t-shirt. I know you were questioning that. If we were in our garb, we were not. So we saved that. But, <laughs> you know, just thinking back on this, like, this all really did happen. Now, a couple things that happened that I didn't get to mention. Part of this trip in that Gambia village of Tandaba is um, a real sort of partnership with WJ and and the school's there. So we actually brought over, each of us was able to check two bags to go on an international flight. One was for our belongings and one was for um, classroom materials. So everyone was encouraged to bring, you know, notebooks and textbooks and pencils and crayons and all types of things to furnish the classroom. Um, so we had 12 giant roller boards, plus Buba had checked, I think, like 10 other bags himself of um, supplies some of it was some W&J swag, of course, you know, some t-shirts and some branding. Um, but a lot of it was actual need, needed items that they can't even source locally um, that we had brought. So that was really fun. And we got to spend time with the kids. And when we were waiting for our custom fits to be zipped up, we were in this little village where this, like, group of kids just took a liking test because they, you know, who the fuck are these people rolling through in their Nikes? And, um So the one kid had the courage to come up to me and ask if I could buy him a soda. And again, I love a hustler. Anybody. I love it. I live for it. I think everyone should be hustling. Um, And so I said, well, absolutely. But we can't leave your buddies high and dry. Well, I made the mistake. I thought he only had one friend. Okay. So I buy the fucking pop. Who cares? Here's an orange crush. I think it was Fanta. Actually, they love Fanta over there. Here's the thing. They got on the fucking red phone there were like 17 kids all of a sudden with their hands out. And I'm like, damn, thank God pops are a quarter a piece here because you guys would have drained me quick. So they're loving us. They're playing games. We're kicking a ball around. They're drinking their orange pop. It truly was just one of those experiences throughout the entire three weeks. You're like, damn, like I got to take a minute, pause and own this moment. Like this is this is actually happening. This is so cool. I just bought a random group of kids in Western Africa pop <laughs> after school while I'm getting custom tailored Outfits made to go to an inauguration after party. Like, what is that sentence? <laughs> you know like what? So wrapping up the trip, we really kind of reflected on everything. And one of our goals for the trip was you had to write a true written reflection. Um, and one of our last nights we were in a pretty snazzy, um, I would almost say like resort style place where they had like dune buggies and they had a really nice restaurant, and they let us have camel rides on the beach at night. Um, and so it kind of was like this full circle moment of like, wow, we started from the bottom, now we're here. We literally got here on a boat that broke down and for the Irish and me, scalded me the first five minutes I was in Africa. So cool, cool, cool. From the Wild Theronberry bus to live rams to just the chaos of everything that happened. And again, if I didn't have classmates that went on this exact trip with me and to this day, Liz, to share these memories with, you would all think I'm completely fabricating this entire story but thank God there are photos to exhume from the Nikon that we can share. But at the end of the day, it's literally been a decade since this trip. And ironically enough, I was down visiting Liz and Jake this week in their new home in Florida. And some of my time hop photos were kind of the tail end of this trip. And it just dawned on me like one, the stories we were sharing back and forth with each other were just like, do you remember this, do you remember that? One, holy shit, how was that true? Two, how the hell was it a decade ago? So, I wanted to share this with you because I don't know that many people know. Well, I'm sure everyone knows I went to that trip, but I don't think many people know the ins and outs of the chaos and the insider's access from inaugurations to rams to boats that died. And that's the thing, right? We're on this glitz and glam, star studded trip, if you will, right? With this insider access. But at the same time, like our boat's sinking, this one's breaking down, and we have live rams on a roof blowing down the road. So, it's like, here comes the Partridge family. Oh man, see I told you, that one's a wild ride from start to finish, like literally from the jump. There are parts of that story that I probably even forgot because it was truly just a blur. I mean, I don't even think I knew what I was doing in every moment of each day. And one thing that came to mind as I was wrapping this up too, were these rolling blackouts. Forgot to tell you that. So at one point we're staying in this sort of hostile scenario for three days and they only got power certain parts of the day. Um, and even a subset of that day, did you have Wi-Fi, which was actually refreshing, right? We just don't need it as much as we do. But it was like things like that were happening while then I'm being courted off to sit front row at a Lakers game with my garb. <laughs> you know, it was just wild. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that story and got a little laugh out of it too. Uh hard to believe a decade ago already. But if you're listening to this on a Friday, as always, treat yourself, don't cheat yourself. Um, if you're in anywhere in the Northeast, I hope you're staying in and not getting outside in this crazy tundra. Um, and until next time, I hope you have a great week. Okay. Bye.